1: it's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple
2: Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A warm up for from the low. Welcome to Love You Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Oop Spears. And now a part of the Beeson Family and Podcast, we've got a great podcast for you guys. The calendar is now officially September as I record this, which means we need to get set for what is going to be a great upcoming college basketball season. We're a little bit over 60 days away. You guys have been hearing it all throughout the offseason on this podcast. Me doing a lot of conference previews, and today is sort of going to be tying up some loose ends before I wind up doing a few more conference previews as It looks like coming up later on this week, based on the guests I've got lined up, that I'm going to be doing the West Coast Conference, along with the Southland, within the next 72 hours, and then from there, I'm going to be having the SOCON next week, so I'm going to get you guys set on those conference previews within the next few days, but there has been quite a bit of realignment, as you guys know, in college basketball this offseason, so I'm going to take today to wind up tying up a few loose ends from conference realignment, because we now have one independent team, and chicago state which they've been in the whack for a very very long time and typically they have been the butt of very many jokes so we're going to preview them What could wind up being in store for them? And then there are a pair of teams that I thought were going to be out of the Atlantic sun conference that on getting admitted that they are going to be in Jacksonville state and Liberty. I thought that they were moving to their new conference this year. turns out it's going to be next year. So we're going to be giving you guys conference previews slash just team in general previews of Jacksonville state and Liberty here in the first segment and the final segment going to be giving you guys what I've got on Chicago state, the independent. And then I'm also going to be taking a look at everything that we've seen In terms of news and notes in college basketball from Thursday, as well. And if you ever do have a question, comment, segment idea, what I have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore 81 Keep in mind, letters EM, name does not matter. So, as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other way, that is via an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like here on this podcast via that five star review. I'm keeping this one guest-free today just because we're looking at pretty much three teams with regards to this college basketball, shall we say, ins and outs to be able to take a look forward to the upcoming season. I do think that it is very important to preview these upcoming teams in the Atlantic Sun because right now, the way that I have things pegged it's sort of a 3A, 3B between Jacksonville State, and then I do think the Florida Gulf Coast is going to be relatively solid out there in the Atlantic Sun as well. I do think that Jacksonville State probably gets a slight edge just because you do have a bunch of moving parts with Florida Gulf Coast. I do think that Jacksonville is still ahead of Jacksonville State, but I think we've got to take a look at that number one team in the Atlantic Sun, which I forgot to do a little bit earlier this summer because I thought the Liberty, they were going to be barnstorming, going to a new conference, and I thought that whether it was going to be Conference USA or the Sun Bowl because I know that there's been a lot of conferences that have been wanting Liberty for their football, that they were going to be solid in one of those conferences. But with that said, Liberty is going to be looking for their fourth regular season conference title in the last five years, and they return the nation's leading scorer. I've got Liberty number one in the Atlantic Sun, because Darius McGee, he averaged 24.6 points, four and a half boards, and 3.6 points assists per game on 39% three-point shooting. And not only did it, Darius McGee shoot 39% from three, he did this for one. On a Liberty team that was in the bottom 55 in terms of possessions per game, they were 300 seconds up. Technically bottom 55 because there were 358 at one teams, but still, I mean, it was really impressive. One of the slower teams at all of college basketball in terms of tempo, and he still put up those numbers. And he took 11 threes per game shooting 39% from three. It's hard for guys to shoot right around that from three-point range on, like, three threes per game, let alone 11. This guy is absolutely tremendous, and Richie McKay has done an absolutely tremendous job of being able to coach this team up. And the 300 second in terms of possessions per game, that was their fastest tempo since Richie McKay took over the program in 2014-15. This is a team that they very much modeled themselves after Virginia, and what you gotta love about Liberty, and I don't think that they're gonna have enough firepower to be able to contend for an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament, but... I wouldn't be surprised if they wind up having like a 28 plus win season, perhaps be able to contend for 30 if things wind up breaking right in terms of their non-conference slate. And what I really like about them as well is to pair with Darius McGee, you've got Kyle Rode. He's a six foot seven combo player that last year was able to give the team nine points, four and a half boards, four point two assists per contest. Blake Preston is someone that does a solid job on the glass. Six points, four and a half rebounds per game. And I mean, this was a team that they really did a solid job of being able to hit the glass. They weren't a team that... Had anyone that really averaged more than five rebounds per game, but for Preston, he was 36th among qualifying D1 players in the countries in rebounds in a per minute basis. Silo Robinson, another guy that's able to give you four and a half boards. He's a guy with some size at six foot seven, shoots 37% from three. This is a really underserved Liberty team that. I always talk about on this podcast, teams that the more you look at them, the more you like them. I absolutely love what this Liberty team brings to the table. They really don't bring anything in via the transfer portal. They're not bringing in a whole bunch of five-star guys, but McKay has done a great job of just being able to build from within. I do think that Brody Peebles is going to be able to do a solid job as well. Shot nearly 40% from three-point range last season if they need a little bit more rebounding. Joseph Van Zant. he was able to give the team right around four and a half boards per game in limited minutes last season as well. So I'm a little bit unfortunate that I thought that Liberty was going to be in a new conference. I do apologize about that. It gets very confusing when it comes to conference realignment. Both that said, I've got Liberty atop top the Atlantic Sun. And then the other team that I think is worth taking a look at that I'm really warming up to them as well as Jacksonville State. If I had to do it right now in terms of my projector finish in the Atlantic Sun, It'll be Liberty number one, Jacksonville number two, Jacksonville State number three, and then Florida Gulf Coast I think is worthy of being a number four team. Austin P I think is going to be solid as well, but for Jacksonville State the reason why I've got them as a top three team in this conference as of right now is Ray Harper for one is just an absolutely tremendous coach year in and year out. He always gets the most out of this team. They are going to have to replace five other top six scores from last season, but Damari King, he's going to wind up getting the keys to the offense, and he was very solid last season as he was able to Average 10.5 points per game, shot 45.7% from three-point range. The Gamecocks are looking to go two-for-two in terms of Atlantic Sun Conference Championships, by the way. But, I mean, this is a squad that... They wound up shooting as a collective in the top 15 in terms of three-point shooting percentage last season, and they're doing a good job of bringing guys via the transfer portal. That's something that Harper has been able to do a very solid job of. Skylar Potter, he was at Morehead State last season, and he's going to be looking to get back to the form that he wound up having at would State with 12 points, 5.8 boards, shot 39% from three two seasons ago. Last year was still solid. Was able to give the team 10.5 points, 5.5 boards, shot more around 33.5% three point range, but that should be able to help them out. And something that was big for Jacksonville State was having Brandon Huffman, who wanted coming in from North Carolina a few seasons ago, and they're sort of looking to remodel that with Cameron McDowell. He wound up being just glued to the bench over there at Georgia during the 2021 season. He was in that freshman recruiting class, and 24/7 Sports had him rated number 237 in the freshman class. Clarence Jackson, he's someone that six foot seven and. A few years ago at Wichita State, he was able to average four and a half rebounds per game for that team that wanted making the 2021 NCAA tournament. And DJ turned it up, Gordon. He was the number 11 freshman recruit in the 2020 class, according to 247 Sports. From the state of Pennsylvania, he's bounced around between Penn State and Fordham. And something that I wound up talking about on the podcast yesterday with Ethan Bach is just taking a shot on some of these guys that maybe they haven't played a lot, but they wanted being a very highly touted recruit. That is something that this team is looking to do with Peyton Daniels as well as He was a top 12 recruit from the state of Tennessee a few seasons ago. He wound up playing just three games for Vanderbilt last season. Guy that I think has some upside is going to be able to guard multiple positions. I do like the way that this Jacksonville State team does wind up being able to shape up. While you do wind up losing a lot of pieces, being able to keep that consistency with King, I think is big. They were really able to excel from three point range. I think that Skylar Potter, he winds up fitting this system that has been built by Jacksonville State the last few seasons. And let's call it what it is. Outside of I'm going to call it Jacksonville and Liberty, it is a little bit of a weaker conference. Teams like Central Arkansas, when you wind up going up against teams like Kennesaw State, Stetson, that's a little bit tough. And I will say Kennesaw State, a team that I think is actually going to be able to take some big strides forward. They have been a poo-poo team, the last few seasons, I could certainly see them having a winning record competing for a top five spot in the Atlantic Sun. And those of you guys are recent subscribers because I wind up just updating these rankings all throughout the off season. You're going to be able to pretty much get updated rankings on where I have my projected order finishes because I wind up doing a specialized conference preview for every single conference. But just with the way things wind up laying out in general, I have to do some like the Atlantic Sun and the America East earlier on in the off season. Then as I wind up getting more information because things do wind up shifting around, during the offseason, which is why I do wind up doing the news and notes of college basketball like I'm going to be doing the next segment. That does wind up shifting around rankings as well, and I wind up help you guys out with that visacom slash subscribe to be able to get all of that. Don't worry, everything remains all free with picks and the spreadsheet and everything like that, but to wind up getting a little bit of an update on everything. I just wind up having it in a little bit more of print form as well. Visa.com slash subscribe. That'll help you guys out. And then the college basketball almanac that the guys over there at the field of 68 are putting out. Those two tools, you wind up getting those. You're going to be all set for the upcoming college basketball season. But to get set for the upcoming college basketball season, let's see if there's any money to be made on Chicago State. Coming up next, I'm going to take you guys through the lone independent of college basketball. We're also going to tie up the loose ends of the news and other in college basketball that we wound up seeing on Thursday. That's up next right here. I'm Coast. Seeps Coast. with myself, Greg Yup Spears, and now we're part of the VC Family Podcast.
0: At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
3: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host.
2: And we're back here at the Las Vegas for Go to Go suits with myself, Greg pierce and now a part of the V's Family, Family podcast. As I mentioned in the first segment, today is just sort of tying up the loose ends in terms of college basketball, in terms of some of the teams that got omitted, in terms of some of the earlier previews, and then on top of that. We want to take a look at the lone independent team that we're going to be seeing in college basketball. Now, a little bit up in the air as to what we're going to be seeing with Hartford because I did wind up including them in my America East preview. I know that there's a little bit of discussion how long they're going to be in the America East if they wind up falling out this year because they are transitioning down to the D3 level. They have already got a preview for them. I pretty much had them dead last in the America East, so... I mean, it's really not a preview that you want to listen to too much. If you're looking for hearing about good college basketball, if you're looking to hear about a fade, hey, the America East preview edition, well, Hartford is going to be in for a really long year. So we've got you guys covered there. But I do think that it's also interesting. Taking a look at the team that we know is going to be an independent because Chicago State, they are transitioning from the WAC and they could wind up being an independent with Hartford. And if that's the case, I am thinking that Hartford is certainly going to be scheduling a few games with our good friend Chicago State. And we have yet to see a Chicago State schedule wind up coming out yet, which I think that that is going to be interesting. I'll take you through in a minute what well, we wind up seeing the last time there was an independent in college basketball because you have to go all the way back to the 2014-15 college basketball season when NJIT was an independent, and you may recall NJIT that season, they wound up being able to essentially play their way into a conference because they wound up knocking off Michigan in Ann Arbor that season, so I do think that it is going to be fascinating to take a look at this bunch, and if Chicago State were to still be in the WAC, it's not like they'd be a top three team in the WAC or anything like that, and that's a conference preview that I do plan on doing within the next few weeks as well. That is one of the ones that is certainly towards the top of my list because I actually think that's going to be a very interesting conference. And you may recall a little bit earlier this offseason, I was talking about the fact that they're actually going to be seeding that conference by a Ken Palm ranking. So I do think that there is going to be a lot going down with regards to that conference this season. But with that said, just taking a look at Chicago State, they aren't as sorry with regards to their roster anymore. Now they do wind up having to replace a lot of pieces from last season. But you take a look at what Chicago State has done under Gerald Gillian, and they actually won a few games last season, including a home game against a New Mexico State team that they wanted being able to win a game in the NCAA tournament. They wind up break turning a six-foot-six guard in Jay Sean Corbett, who I really like as a freshman. He was a starter that was able to. Really spearhead the way in terms of returners with 12 and half points per contest. Was able to do a nice job being able to pull in some rebounds. Was one of the better shot blockers for this team as well. So you've got a little bit of something to build around there. And then they wind up bringing in a pair of guys that were in the top 150 in terms of recruiting. And then a guy that was in the top 200 in A.J. Neal. A.J. Neal was at Long Beach State last season. Really could not wind up finding his sea legs with them. But they bring in Elijah Weaver who you may recall a few seasons ago. He was with USC last year. He was over there at Dayton, averaged just under three assists per contest, was able to give the team right around six, six half points per contest, but when you've got someone that's six foot five, that's able to handle the ball, is an okay three point shooter. I wouldn't call him a bad three point shooter. I wouldn't call him a great three point shooter. That is something to build around. And then Wesley Cardet is pretty much someone that is going to be following Gerald Gillian over from Sanford because that's where Gillian was before he did wind up coming over to the conference. He was an assistant coach over there at Sanford. And when it comes to Cardet. Former by many people top one hundred recruit consensus top one hundred and fifty for sure last season and Sanford was able to put up right around eight points four and a half boards per contest as a little bit of a six foot six combo player three point shooting needs a little bit of work but he's able to guard multiple positions when it comes to the Chicago State team as well they wind up bringing in a freshman by the name of Deshaun Jean Charles that I've seen I'm relatively high on him they bring in Brent Davis so all in all you do take a look at this team and. Are they going to be a team that's going to be in, like, the Ken Palm Top 50 or anything like that? No, but this is a team that they shouldn't be, like, a 40-point underdog anymore when it comes to when they wind up playing against Big Ten teams. They were able to pull off a couple nice wins last season. Chicago State has been the butt of very, very many jokes on this podcast, and three, four years ago, it was very much justified. They wound up being... A little bit less than sorry last season, and I mentioned it, you take a look at the last time we wound up seeing an independent in college basketball, that'd be NJIT, and with NJIT, they were sort of in that era during the 2014-15 season, which not a lot of games were up on the betting board. There were 10 games, though, on the betting board for NJIT the last year in which they were an independent. What do you think they wound up going against the spread? 8-2. Now, this was, once again, when you did wind up having, like, Southland games, not be consistently on the betting board, the Patriot League. We call these the added games where you typically wind up finding six digits on them. They're really the very, very small conferences. The Atlantic Sun is in that mix. You're able to throw in there the NEC as well. There's typically about eight conferences. that are in there because of whack. That is now a part of the new betting board. They wound up being added to the normal rotation a few seasons ago, but... For NJIT, they were able to do a very solid job, and that's the last that we really have of an independent team when they were going at it. And we might wind up having two if Hartford is not a part of the America East this season. I'm anticipating them, but still being a part of the America East, that's something that I'm going to be monitoring And updating. Regardless, I don't have any high expectations whatsoever for Hartford because they're going to be going down to the D3 level. They can't give out scholarships anymore. It's a really, really brutal situation. And then if you did take a look at last season as well, Chicago State 18 and 14 against the spread. So Chicago State wasn't actually a money burner for you. And as a matter of fact, if you wound up just blindly Taking Chicago State on the closing spread. You actually made a little bit of coin last season. So how about that? Chicago State becoming a little bit less than sorry. And then what else we've been seeing in college basketball as well? Taking a look at... Everything that we wanted getting on Thursdays, we did wind up seeing a little bit of player movement. Nothing that is necessarily too seismic, and this is one that I feel like we wound up doing a little bit earlier, but it wound up becoming official about 24 or so hours ago. It is the fact that Brandon Martin, he was at South Carolina last season, he has decided that he is going to be transferring to UMass. He is becoming a part of the Minutemen. This is not a surprise, as he winds up being able to follow Frank Martin, his father, and yeah, figured that that was probably going to be the case. Your father winds up getting canned by South Carolina. You're probably not going to be sticking around at South Carolina. But Brandon Martin, last season, he wound up being a put-up right around 2.5 points per contest. He actually began his career at USC Upstate, and he didn't see terrible minutes. I think that he could wind up playing a few minutes at UMass, a little bit of a lower level of basketball when he was at USC Upstate. For his really main two seasons, because he was injured throughout the 2020-21 season at USC Upstate, was well, someone that averaged right around five and a half points per game. Not a guy that is really going to give you a lot of three-point shooting as a six-foot-five, a little bit of a wing, more of a defense-oriented player. But certainly is someone that should be able to fill a void, should be able to make the rotation for this team. We did well end up also seeing Victor Bafuto. He was over there at Mercer. Is said that he is going to be going to Louisiana Monroe. I think it's going to be another relatively long year for Louisiana Monroe. But if you look at Pafuto, he has pretty much been consistent throughout his college basketball career, averaging anywhere between 2.8 and 3.6 points per contest in three out of his four seasons on campus for Mercer. Delivers a six foot ten, 230 pound body, some of that comes from the country of Brazil. For Louisiana Monroe, this is going to be able to help them out a little bit down low, give them a big body and. Out there in the Sun Belt, I do think that there's a good chance that he can wind up being able to pull in five to six rebounds per game. Certainly not a guy that I think is going to be going out there and is going to be putting up mondo numbers. But at the same time, upgrades a team that for the last few seasons has really not been able to deliver any size whatsoever. We do wind up seeing Dylan Arnett decide that he was going to be transferring away from Western New Mexico as well. as Dylan Arnett, if I remember correctly, wound up beginning his career at TCU and just simply did not wind up getting any playing time at TCU. He went down to a little bit of a lower level, and I have to think that this is just really an upside play, an upside play only, because you would think that someone like Attil and Arnett, who began his career at TCU, would really be able to come out and put up some big numbers, and, well, he was at Western New Mexico last season. He wound up putting up 3.8 points per contest, so a little bit of a stink burger on that front, but with that said, he decided that he is going to be resurfacing, at the D1 level, he is going to be going to Arkansas State. Got to think that this is going to be a little bit of a circumstance in which they're going to be looking at him, trying to be able to get like 10 minutes, five fouls out of him. So Dylan Internet latest signee. For Arkansas State, and then we did wind up seeing a gentleman go from the D1 level to the non-D1 level. That would be Rob Banks. He, last season, was over there at Cincinnati, and in the words of the great Bill Belichick, we are on to Cincinnati, and shock, shock, surprise, surprise when you wind up seeing moves like this. Typically, it's not from guys that want putting up rambunctious numbers, and for Rob Banks, he wound up having as many points as I did two seasons ago last year. He wanted just completely red-shirting altogether, so he decided that he was just going to... Tried it for one, get a little bit more playing time, and two, I'm sure that he's doing this a little bit more on the academic side of things, and then for New Orleans, they wound up getting a little bit of a get as well, Massimo Goretti. He last was at Dominican of California, did not wind up playing at all, but a little bit of a guy with upside as he wound up playing in some FIBA events over for his native country of Italy. He's a six foot a little bit of a wing player that comes in after we wound up hearing yesterday that Jordan Johnson who was averaging right around 11 points per contest while I was at Denver, relatively solid 3-point shooter. He is entering into that program as well. So, big things happening for New Orleans and big things happening on this podcast. Coast to Coast Supes. if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit81. Keep in mind, letters M. they meet us on matters. So, as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way, it is find an Apple Podcast review. If you're at this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast Buy that five star review. It is now September, so we're getting closer and closer to the upcoming college basketball season. We're a little bit over halfway through, done with our conference previews, so. A lot more of those are going to be on tap, and we're coming at you guys every single day. We're getting you guys the news and notes of college basketball. Practices are starting to ramp up now, so we're going to be able to get more takeaways and get a little bit more intel on these teams in the coming weeks as the transfer portal. Every time I say that it's done, it winds up ramping up, but I do think that we are starting to get a little bit more to the end there, but we should be able to get a little bit more in terms of these teams, and then we've also got those conference previews, and then once we get in-season picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I will chat at you guys once I get them out. Thank you so much for tuning in.